I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The proliferation of the situationship. Oh my God. Relationships are delicate because people are delicate. And I think what's also important to recognize is how much hookup culture is almost like a, a means to display power so it's not just about us being able to do what you used to be able to do because now we want power it's actually about us making society better what does good look like for women yeah. having sex yeah what does good look like look like for women in relationships yeah. get those orgasms in just make sure that you are safe yeah. right hello and welcome to the two my sisters podcast i'm courtney and i'm renee and we are your online sisters and hosts of the two my sisters podcast we are all about promoting the wellness growth and development of a community of sisters across the world and in today's episode it's going to be a controversial one we're (laughs) (laughs) you've started already We're going to be talking about casual dating, casual relationships, and hookup culture. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go there. Some of y'all are listening on a Monday morning like, ooh. (laughs) Let me decrease the volume at work. Let's talk about Um, it. Awesome. But before we do get into that, do Mm. we have any housekeeping? Three weeks. Till the live show, baby. Hello, hello. Three weeks till we see your lovely faces, at least the sisters that are attending. Unfortunate if you're not. Um, but not to worry, we will have something for the sisters over the next like yes, year or yes, so. Yes, so yes, please, yes, please yes. don't come and fright yes, us. Yes, yes, yes. We're super excited. Like, I don't know, man. Every time I think about the live show, I'm like, damn, it's actually happening. It the closer it gets, the more real it feels. Um, and I feel like it's gonna be our best yet. Well, I, I mean, it's I our mean, second. Yeah, so. we, <laughs> hopefully, 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 it'll be our best yet. Um, so yeah, we're super excited to be bringing the live show as well as all the announcements that are going down at that live show. So, and not to worry if you do miss out on the live show, all the announcements will be, you know, available for you guys to, you know, if you're synced up to the the sisterhood, you'll find out. Just if you're at the show, you'll find out. Hello, we're going to keep our lips zipped, (laughs) zipped. But other than that, I believe this is also the last, this is your last chance. Like actually like the next two days. Mm. I don't even know how you're going to rock out the vision challenge because. Oh yeah. You might have to. No, you can't. If you <laughs> haven't started, it's, it's so, next month. <laughs> That's no. But we will be announcing the winner of this month's <laughs> vision challenge. Next week. And it's been incredible seeing all the sisters partaking. The yeah, girls have well been working done. out. Well done. I've been seeing marathon runners. I've been seeing power lifters. Jeez. I've been seeing. And the girls been lifting. Yo. Lifting. There was a girl doing some heavy hit for us. I said, you better go. You better get, the, you better that, get it. Better get that ass. Yeah. So I was like, yes. <laughs> so the winner will be announced shortly, as will the next vision challenge. Now that that housekeeping is done. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the ding, ding, ding. Dilemma. Oh, Courtney, I can't wait to see your face. Yeah, this one. so you said that this one's <laughs> going to be an interesting one. But you know what? Let, let, uh, we're here to help. We're here I, to I, help. I don't, I don't even know. <clears throat> hey, sisters. Hey, sweetie. I have a dilemma. Yes. I don't know if you're going to be calling her sweetie in a moment. But oh? I'm a 24, soon to be 25-year-old lady. Okay. I've been seeing a 52 slash 50. 
Yeah. 53 year old man for three months. Mm. My <laughs> I'm not being judgmental. My issue is I have no feelings for him. Oh, okay. I'm dismissive, avoidant in attachment style. Mm. So I know I struggle with allowing people in, mm-hmm. but I also feel like he's the only one who understands me, kind of. I see him as an opportunity. <laughs> I see him as Nah, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> Renee? You see, yes, she sees him. Can you do the dilemma? I'm coming, I'm coming, girl. <clears throat> I see him as an opportunity to grow and enjoy the things he has to offer, mm-hmm. like the money to start a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, Renee. <laughs> okay, no, okay. because this is actually a sister. I know, I know. Okay, let's go. <clears throat> Whilst he doesn't want kids, he mm. has an older daughter already from a previous relationship. Mm-hmm. He does want marriage, which I don't want until I get the person who I'll be happy to commit to. Okay. I'm afraid that I might not end up with a man who can take care of me. Mm. Please help. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Very. You know what? I actually want to hear your thoughts first. I do, because <laughs> the way you are struggling to even read that dilemma no. is interesting. I think my opinion might shock people really yeah (laughs) i do (laughs) you know what it was i think for me it was just the incredulousness that overcame me first i I don't know what that means it's just like i was (laughs) that's a big word for elmo i'm screaming it was just (laughs) i can't believe this is this happened this This, this happened um so i think first of all Mm -hmm. sis is grown Mm -hmm. 24 25 years old you're grown um, you're not a child. Mm-hmm. However, there is something to be said around like there seems to be a very serious indecisiveness that you're displaying in this relationship. And that to me is a little bit worrying because initially it's like just thinking about the way the dilemma is structured. It starts with I have no feelings for this guy. And then um, the dilemma moves on to being actually my dilemma is I'm afraid of, you know, not mm-hmm. finding a man that can take care of me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this situation that you're in is almost like a cover for some of the deep issues that you actually need to sort out insofar as you've identified your dismissive avoidant. You've identified that you're also quite um, nervous and quite scared at the fact that you'll actually end up alone. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, you'll end up with somebody who doesn't have the capacity to take care of you. Mm-hmm. I think you actually need to step back and try to unpack and unpick out why do you feel that way mm-hmm. and why you think that is necessary mm-hmm. as a prerequisite in a relationship and how it's actually manifest in you being with someone that's actually substantially older than you. I'm not one to judge, but it is definitely giving me sugar baby, sugar daddy mm-hmm. vibes a little bit, which is why I initially I initially read it and was like, mm-hmm. oh girl, like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, So I think there's just a lot of personal confusion that you need to deal with before you can think about seriously committing, not just to this guy you're currently seeing, but to any man at all. So that's kind of like my initial reflections. Mm. I hear it. I hear it. it Obviously, it's very different. And most people (laughs) feel some way when they hear a massive age gap Mm. between couples. However, for me, this is more of a, okay, you know you don't want to be with this guy long term. You know that you... You don't have the same goals. He wants to get married. You just don't want to get married to him. Mm. I think that it's important to not settle for this situation, even though your fear is, um, I might not find somebody who can provide for me. I actually think if you overcome a lot of the things that Renee mentioned in terms of like confronting your dismissive avoidance, um, your ad- 
confronting your dismissive avoidant attachment style mm-hmm. sorry i don't know why that's there's right. a lot of words that's it was a lot right <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a bit. um quite a bit of alliteration but yeah if you confront your attachment style and kind of the roots of it if you can um as well as you know get to know different people and get to know more people who are like the person you actually do want to marry so if it's a specific age group a type uh, that this guy is kind of the antithesis of then start exploring that and i think it will start opening your eyes to the possibilities that may be a- available to you However, I think if this is a for now situation and you're both kind of on the same page of, okay, we might not want this to go long term, or even if you want this to go long term, I'm trying to figure myself out. I'm trying to figure us out. But I like the way this relationship is going right now. Stick it out to the season runs its course. Do you get what I mean? You're obviously comfortable dating this man to a degree. Now, if you are at the, I think at the beginning of the dilemma, did she say there's, she's not really feeling him yeah, like she that. Yeah, no feelings for Yeah, him. I think if you're not having feelings for someone, the only thing, and this is what could make this situation awkward, but I think the right thing to do is to not string them along, to not create this false impression that like, I'm super into you and I want this to go further and you kind of leading someone on. And I think that that's, where this kind of situation can get very sticky because one thing we'll never encourage in the sisterhood is being dishonest. Mm. Like we're all here, forget it how you can. I know you mentioned like having the resources for business and opportunity and basically to open your eyes up to the world and your possibilities. However, one thing that we'll never be able to encourage is dishonesty. And I think if you can do this in a way that is at least honest or transparent or at least not misleading, um, I think that that's, get it how you get it do you get what I mean like I I love me dating an older man and I rock for my girls who already do it. I don't know if I could do what you do <laughs> <laughs> what you've done not what you do as to make it sound like this is a serial occurrence but like I don't know if I could do an, a massive age gap like that but I don't think that to me is the issue here if you are comfortable with it if something like that makes you uncomfortable then this is a whole different dilemma so I think as long as you can keep yourself honest and you can keep yourself integral in this relationship where you're kind of figuring yourself out and you know this is not the man that I want to marry and to a degree you don't lead him off on to think that you do want to marry him in order to get I don't know perks or things in return keep going on but I do think there's serious personal development that you need to personal development that you need to do because if you're Mm. not careful the trap that I see is that you won't work on yourself enough to get out of this relationship even though you don't really want it so I think it's important for you to start doing that internal work and Mm. also getting to the point where you're like okay if you know that provision or you know resources um or you know your partner's income or capital whatever is super important to you then be intentional about dating people who have that to offer to you um I don't think it's an issue to want these things. I think the issue is limiting your beliefs and be- limiting your mindset enough to think that you can only get that from one place. A man who is substantially older than you or a man who, or being with someone who you have to compromise so much in order to make it work just because they have money or they have resources. So I do think, mm-hmm. yeah, just changing your mindset up a little bit, getting to know more people, doing some internal work to make sure that you you aren't the issue when it comes to finding a committed relationship um, and just being integral with the guy that you are currently with in terms of not letting leading him on would be my advice. Um, but yeah, girl, I hope that you live your best life. I hope this relationship opens your eyes and it teaches you about yourself and about people. Um, but I hope that you treat people in the best way possible wh- wherever you go, whoever you're with. Um, I think your dilemma is about just 
glowing and growing maybe and some self-reflection and stuff like that yeah yeah Oh, that was so wholesome, Courtney. Why not, man? That was wholesome. Very Why much appreciated. I often have this conversation with people in my life. I've had it with you. I've had it with people mm-hmm. where I'm like, you know, what's what's the ethics of being a, <laughs> a sugar baby? Let's let's just be let's just be honest. I want to hear from different people. So you know, drop it in the comments what We'd you think. Obviously, advice to the sister, but also what are your thoughts on being a sugar baby? Obviously, I fear Jesus Christ. I fear the Lord. But it seems like people make <laughs> that like a big opponent to being a sugar baby. I want to know why. <laughs> I think we need to like divert the conversation and speak about sugar babies and the proliferation of the sugar baby relationship. So maybe that's something that we touch on. Give us your comments below. We want to hear it. That's funny. Not the ethics of a sugar baby. Yeah, because you know, I know there's nuances. I'm a babe of critical thought. However, why don't we unpack that? Big age gaps, sugar babies. If there's any ethical sugar daddies that are looking for a sugar baby. Sugar free baby. <laughs> Sucralose. <laughs> Not the sweetness. The no calorie sweetness. What's the other one? Aspartate yeah. baby. <laughs> Not the, uh, what do you call it? Stevia. Man, it tastes like it, but it ain't. It ain't, it ain't there. That ain't good. My, my dopamine ain't it. Ain't Anyways. That should be a whole episode <laughs> in of itself, the ethics of the sugar baby. Mm. But in this episode, mm. I think what you touched on insofar as having honest, integral relationships mm. is actually such a brilliant segue yeah. into the meat and bones of the conversation around casual dating, mm. relationships, mm. and hookup culture. Okay. So, Miss Courtney. Hello. The reason why this conversation can be quite controversial and it's something that's been occurring or rather reoccurring in social media recently is that it feels as though the dating market has literally just given rise to all of these casual relationships, situationships, lack of label, lack of boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever friends, however you identify. What are your thoughts on, especially in kind of like the modern age and, you know, right now, what are your thoughts on this perceived rise of casual relationships? Do you think it's an issue? <laughs> it's giving panorama. Do you think this was a problem? Uh, <laughs> well, statistically. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> so I think it depends on what you place value on in relationships and what you believe relationships mean, right? And mm-hmm. what your, everyone has different morals, values, um, and principles when it comes to relationships. And so let's take this from the viewpoint of living in a secular society here in the UK. Um, and even though we are of religious values and we are people of faith, it's like and most people I guess from the like Abrahamic faiths, Jew- um, Judaism, Christianity and Islam could probably relate to this in the secular world this is normal right mm-hmm. in our world mm-hmm. governed by our religious principles that is far from normal that is something that should be yeah, we don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> to do that <laughs> so that's a way <laughs> So I guess with this conversation, we have to hit this from two different angles. And I think that's just uh, 
a disclaimer, a caveat, um, as well as context that needs to be added for this episode and for this conversation, which is we want to stay true to ourselves and our beliefs and the personal principles that we live by because when we come on this podcast, we share ourselves, we share our stories, we share our minds. Mm. However, we know that the people listening to this podcast are not all of the same mind as us. And that's not to say they're less than, that's just to say we all think very differently and we all have free will. We've all, you know, used our autonomy and our powers, we rightfully so, to choose to pick a path, right? And so, or to pick a way of thinking or a way to view the world. And so because we understand that, that the sisterhood is vast, wide, in political opinion, social, religious, all of that, mm-hmm. we're going to hit this from both angles, right? So don't I don't want comments about this is so like unfair and unbiased and that we're going to try and give balance. Um, but, you know, give us some grace, but also I hope you have some understanding of where we're trying to come from. So in a world where it's governed by pretty much n- not no rules, but it's secular, it's not framed by religion, which often views about sex it are right um this is normal this is this is not new this is not i mean we're reading a bible where they've got raging orgies and you know people are having sex in in temples do you know what i mean like um and those are casual hookups so it's it's very much normal right however from the standpoint of it depends on what you view sex to be a lot of people say this is not healthy Right. So as much as something can be normal, it may not be healthy. Now, Mm. I understand the political opinions around, well, you know, having freedom to do with your body what you will. But it comes down to what do you view sex as? Right. And that's just the ultimate question. What do you view sex as? What do you view intimacy as? Mm. Um, And how do you decide who you're going to share that with? Um, And that everyone answers that for themselves, really. Um, so yeah, I don't think that this is, I, I couldn't really stand here and be like, oh, this is terrible. Whilst from my point of view and my understanding and my values surrounding sense, this is like, this ain't going to be helpful for anybody. Mm-hmm. Why the society, <clears throat> us as individuals, not just women, men too, yeah, um, yeah. and just people in general, I think that this is not going to be helpful um, as much as people think. But I do think there is, when it comes to casual dating, I do think there are some benefits to it. Um, depending on again what you consider dating to be right but i've rambled on and i've given many political disclaimers how about yourself i absolutely love that you even started with the disclaimers (laughs) because i was like if she's not gonna do it, i'm gonna do it so see sisterhoods all that sisters all that love it um but yeah no i definitely agree i think it's important to understand that we're coming at it from an angle of the these are our value Mm -hmm. systems you can listen to them um i don't want anybody coming up in the comments with you can't just project what Mm, you think mm, is right mm, for everybody mm. i don't want to hear it Mm -hmm. we're literally just offering our opinions Mm -hmm. you can take them or leave them and you can also disagree i think we are so used to getting offended by people that we forget that we can disagree respectfully so just a reminder on that yeah um but i love that you highlighted the distinction between the secular and being of faith because being of faith hookup culture and not necessarily casual dating instead, yeah. but more so hookup culture and our understandings of sex and relationships and what they are and mm-hmm. what they're meant to do. Mm-hmm. Hookup culture is literally the antithesis to everything that that stands for. Mm-hmm. Ideas around sex being holy and sacred mm-hmm. ideas around intimacy being shared between two people becoming one mm-hmm. hookup culture 
completely undermines that and undermines that power. And I think that if you are somebody that, you know, if your value system is different and you find that you, you get your power from, you know, consistent hookups of different kinds of people, then, you know, sis, I can't come and police Mm -hmm. you do, you know, do as you like with your body. However, from my beliefs and from our beliefs as Christians, we believe that this ain't holy. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can't, I can't, I can't, this ain't holy and this ain't helpful. It ain't holy, it yeah. ain't helpful, and it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. In, you know, in previous episodes, we've spoken about, you know, families and the importance of building families and seeing families as governance. Mm-hmm. I think, and it's something that I want to actually talk about later on in the podcast, mm-hmm. one thing that we need to get to grips with is sometimes the consequences of hookup culture yeah. Yeah. are unintended consequences, mm-hmm. such as having children, mm-hmm. having, you know, sexually transmitted um, infections, mm-hmm. such as, Um, you know, heartbreak if you're not actually emotionally ready as you may project yourself to be, right? There's a whole host of consequences that we actually need to consider Mm -hmm. a lot more weightily than just the um, power that comes with having the agency of choosing what to do with Mm -hmm. your body. So I think there does need to be a bit more kind of like discussion around that. And I think that it might be controversial, but I do think hookup culture is an issue for those reasons. Yeah. but before we do touch a little bit more on hookup culture mm. consequences and all of that kind of stuff, I actually wanted to backpedal a little bit yeah. and talk about casual dating. Yeah. Okay. So distinctively, casual dating, because I know there's a lot of sisters who may have been in the situation of they see one guy, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, yeah, guy, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. marry this person yeah. or this partner. This is it for yeah. me. I would love to hear your reflections on just like your learnings through dating, potentially dating casually. Are there any benefits for women that are participating in dating in a more casual sense? Yes, because I think a lot of us, including like our sisters of faith, of like religion or people who have grown up in quite conservative households or listening to quite conservative narratives. I think we have been brainwashed to put too much weight on simple relationships, Mm. not marriage not courting your serious partner, but simply getting to know people. And I think that that affects our interactions with men on a day-to-day basis. And we become too marriage-centric or Mm. too romance-centric, where it's like, every man I see could be him. You know, I'm looking for my Boaz. I'm looking for my son. He could be my husband. He could be my husband. There's this trend on... um, On... um, TikTok, sorry, my favorite app. How could I forget? <laughs> There's this trend on TikTok where the girls basically like act like and imitate, it's basically parodies of Christian women, right? And it's very much, oh my God, he could be my husband centric. Or like when you meet a guy, you've been talking for 30 seconds, you find out that he's saved and suddenly it's how many children are we going to have? Oh, Do you get man. what I mean? But I think a lot of us become so, I say idolatrous of relationships that when you actually sub not subscribe to but you start to do more casual dating you start to realize that okay this dating thing is just about getting to know people right, right. it's just about allowing people to show you who they are and deciding whether you vibe or you don't or whether you get on or you don't um it's not even necessarily you know having a conversation with a guy and being like can i build a life with you it's more so okay i'm trying to get to know you to see if we can establish friendship here mm-hmm. um and i think that that's what's beautiful about dating in general it allows you to establish friendship before you move on to romance um, but i think a lot of us want to go in head first with romance and it, it becomes a problem mm-hmm. because we create images pictures 
and visions in our head of mm. things which may not actually happen. Like you marrying this guy or you, you know, being with this guy forever. And it's like, once you meet somebody, especially say you meet a guy and you put the label of husband on him already, it's like, you're gonna get some kind of phantom heartbreak because this guy might not uptake that role in the future in your life. Mm. Um, and I think that there also becomes this unnecessary pressure to make these relationships work, mm, right? There's yeah, this unnecessary yeah. pressure to go on a date with somebody and it's like, this has to work because I've given you my time and I don't want people to think that I'm this casual, unserious data. And it's like, no, you're basically shopping around and he's shopping around to find a perfect match. Um, now, the degree to how many dates is, you know, counselors, okay, we need to start taking this serious, needs to just come down to the individual and conversations had between you and the other person. Um, but I do think casual dating can actually be very, very beneficial because it allows women to take away some of the stakes that they place on simply going to dinner or to get drinks with a guy they've never met before mm. or they've only met once or twice before, had conversations with in social settings. Um, it allows them to go there just trying to inspect, do I actually like this person? rather than does this person want me mm. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah that's what i'd say how about you yeah no i very much agree with everything yeah. you said i think women as women we can sometimes put so much pressure on ourselves and whoever it is that we're dating yeah. or thinking about dating to be the one or like be that person mm. and i definitely think that there's some elements of like socialization and the whole like pick me and yeah, trying yeah. to cosplay as the woman of history yeah um that <laughs> but also religion also religion yeah. patriarchy oh, oh all the institutionals <laughs> institutionals factors we start player here all of the hello yeah. um that can contribute to the sense of urgency right and the very real reality of if you are a woman that wants to be in a committed relationship or you're looking for something serious you can put yourself under such undue stress yeah. to try and find somebody or try and cram somebody into this vision that you yeah, already exactly. have. And that's very dangerous because one, just the undue stress and pressure, it's all right. Like it's a lot. You don't get to yeah, enjoy the process. This guy is out here purchasing you drinks and you're thinking, could he be the one? Mm. Could he be my husband? That you haven't noticed that he's actually a terrible human or, you know, maybe he would be better as a friend or maybe the experience was great and it stops there. Like those kind of things mm. and actually just being present in the mm. moment and the process as opposed to trying to fit it into this sequence of love, this, this yeah. sequential love yeah, story that yeah, you've built. Yeah. I think also the danger comes in when um men weaponize that desire that women have yeah. for serious courtship and dating right. right there's so many incidents and stories that we hear of women that are like oh this guy is like my boyfriend in name or like in, in my head or whatnot and this guy has not promised you anything but mm. because he's aware of the fact that you are so into and invested in this whole idea of like mm. courtship and marriage mm. he may have been doing everything right but because you haven't he hasn't put a label on yeah. it you're out here heartbroken. I love the fact you said phantom heartbreak. Yeah. You're out here heartbroken when he's out here dating somebody else at the same time that he's dating you. But I guess this lends as well itself well into a conversation about dating multiple people at the same time as right, well. Right, right, right. Because I think that that's something that a lot of women are scared to explore because mm -hmm. of the many horrible titles that women have been called when they are involved with different men, even to casual extents, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that allowing ourselves to be like you know what for 
the sake of efficiency, um, but also <laughs> just for the sake that I'm a young babe, I'm going to, you know, go grab drinks with multiple people this guy on Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, whatever. Um, and I also think in having that conversation, though, in balance, you do need to be mindful of how much of yourself you give away mm. in casual situations, mm-hmm. right? And how mm-hmm. much you allow people to have access to you um, and access to very intimate parts of you. So your knowledge, your heart, your past, to just have pieces of information about you. I right. do think when you are involving yourselves with involving yourself with somebody casually um, and just trying to get to know them, they're still to a degree an acquaintance. Like they, they haven't even got mm-hmm. into that friend stage or, you know, partner stage yet. So I do think that there needs to be wisdom in casually dating, which says I'm still going to guard my heart, mm-hmm. right? And I'm still not going to let you have access to be able to damage my spirit so much. And yeah. that's why I think the perspective of seeing these dates as this is something casual actually regulates this for you Um Rather than, yeah, putting all your eggs in one basket or putting so much pressure on making something successful when it's just introductory. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And I think it lends itself well into the conversation around the proliferation of the situationship. Oh, my God. Lord, Lord, Lord. Our generation is plagued. It's giving vaccinations. Please help us all. Miss Courtney. Yes, ma'am. Have you ever been in a situationship or have you ever... That's a good question. You ever been in a situation? I think retrospectively, yes. Yeah. At the time, I really thought we were in something, but we weren't. Um, yeah, I've definitely been there, especially young me, which like who was craving relationships so much to like fill a void and for the attention of guys and stuff. Now that I've been delivered from that, I, I can look back and say like, that was a situationship. Like there was no clear labels titles un- understanding mutual understanding of what was going on mm. um and also my needs weren't met and i think that's another aspect of situationships people don't often talk about which is are your needs actually being met mm. in this relationship and do you feel like you've articulated them or if do you feel like you even can yeah. articulate your yeah. needs yeah. in this situation um yeah, how are you? Have you ever been in a situation? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know that girl. Oh, she's an old friend. <laughs> it's given Old Town Road this. <laughs> I know the pain of heartbreak. But yeah, no, definitely. I think a good two situationships to be fair. I think I've been in more than one yeah, as they- well. <laughs> You know when you've been processing for your trauma mm. and you go back to your past and you're like, that was a, a bad situation. Yeah, wow. Oh, embarrassing. Oh well, there you have it, ladies. Um, first, <laughs> live and direct, the sisters have been yeah, in situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sisters in situationships. Anyways. Yes. Um, the chronicles. The chronicles. Yes, definitely have been in a situationship or two. Mm. And I think equally it was that lack of feeling comfortable enough to express needs, but yeah. also to like have them fulfilled yeah i think we i think it was also for me the nervousness to take control Mm. as well and actually say this is what i want yeah i was very much a go with the flow and he'll express he'll lead the way the way you know men are leaders so they're gonna come in and (laughs) 
The thing with that, though, that's so funny is we're under this illusion that, okay, this guy is going to lead the way. So, you know, when he's ready, he'll give the green light. But why don't we take their indecision as their display of leadership? And like, he's actually showing you good morning. this is what this is. Like, good afternoon. And and the same thing, like, you're just receiving it. And it comes down to that thing you were saying a couple age, um, episodes ago about being directive about mm-hmm. your life, mm-hmm. right? Being directive doesn't mean, you know, forcing people to do the things you want them to do. It's more so, okay, I'm going to take what I'm seeing for what it actually is and then plan my steps accordingly. Mm. I think too many of us in situationships put make too much ride on what could potentially happen. And it's all about potential, his potential, what he could potentially do, what he might say next week, next year. And some of you have been in situationships for six years based on maybe at the 10 year mark, he'll get sense. It's kind of like, stop. Yeah. Stop riding on this ghost of a future, which Mm -hmm. doesn't exist and which he's also Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. working to build and which you're not working to build either. And take what's in front of you as the sign. Oh, right. I think that is. I wish you could tell like twenty. No, no, biggest man. <laughs> I thing. wish I could tell myself. I wish you could go and tell yeah. like twenty, twenty-one year old Renee. Can yeah. you can you stop that rubbish? <laughs> because we take this indecision as indicative of potential. Yeah, the man will not change. And you know what? Sometimes they're not even indecisive. Sometimes they express what they want, but because you think that you can change their mind, Baby girl, or that they will Baby change girl, because the they're thing. with you. That's the thing, and that's the. <sighs> That's the deception so many of us fall guilty to, which is, oh, he's just young. He doesn't know what he wants yet. Baby girl, he knows what he wants. It's not you. Stop being so delusional to think that this guy's not just going to tell you what he wants you to hear to keep you around for now. Mm. If I feel like a lot of men, and, and I'm talking about like, Men who have done the maturing thing, men who have done the whole, like, I am actually working to get to know myself and what I want in life. At the very least, what they'll give you is some clear communication. And that communication will let you know either I'm not ready right now or I just don't want you or I want you. And a lot of us are riding on the, okay, I want you. We, that's what we're waiting to hear and when men don't give it to us our automatic assumption is i just don't want you right now or i will want you at some further point when most of the time what their action is actually showing us is i don't want you Bruh. or i'm he- i'm here for the convenience and us women do it as well right i'm here for the convenience i'm here what you for what you offer me i'm happy that you are here right now but you're not ultimately what i want and that's where the clear integral communication comes into play which is is this a good reflection of who i want to be and how i want to treat people mm. and i think with casual hookups it's training a lot of us to not be integral and training a lot of us to not be committed or consistent with the way that we treat people and the way that we view people Mm -hmm. and I think that's why like for a lot of us it goes against a lot of the principles that we have not just because of the social narratives and stuff like that but actually is this the right way to treat other human beings, mm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'm using them, I'm using them for my immediate gratification or right. I'm using them to keep me company for right now at the expense of their future pain or their future comfort. How many of us are healing because somebody didn't want to be straight up with us? And how many of us have issues with relationships and commitment issues and family issues 
and are even unhappy with the positions that we are currently in Mm. because somebody wasn't straight up about how they felt. And a lot of the time we can be like, oh, but they didn't know. But I think if you don't know, the least, the last thing you need to go and do is pick up something delicate, Mm. right? And some of us think that, oh, you can enter into relationships and maintain relationships casually because they'll just get over it. But actually, relationships are delicate because people are delicate, right? And so if you are uncertain, why would you go and pick up something delicate, right? Why would you go and pick up something which actually needs tenderness and care? It's like picking up a glass vase with, Thank shaky, you, with hands. shaky hands. That's literally what I was thinking of. Like, if you don't know if you're able to keep your cool, don't go and pick it up in uncertainty that you can't trial and error human beings. Oh, say that again for the people <laughs> listening in the back. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, because people seem to think that the sometimes like with hookups that they have, they seem to think that these people are auditions yeah, for a future yeah, relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. They seem to think that they can, you know, have a good time now and then in the future at some point, you know, find something real. Yeah. Find that that good good. Yeah. And it's like you this is there's no tr- this is not Amazon Prime. That's the where problem. you have the 30 day return know, policy. Hello. If you buy this and you break this, there are severe consequences. Literally. You may not pay the cost of them now, but I promise you, you will pay the cost of them in the yeah. future. And the thing is, you might not even be the one that pays the cost. You're actually leaving the damage on somebody else exactly. to fix. Exactly. And I think we've grown up, our generation has definitely grown up, and maybe to a degree, the generation before us grew up in a culture which taught us to objectify people and to view people as simply tools for our own pleasure especially when it comes to sex and I think a lot of us women experience it most because unfortunately pornographic culture has definitely over sexualized and objectified Mm, women mm. so they have become literal and I I don't mince my words when I say this a lot of men and a lot of people view women as sex toys Mm. they are literally just real life sex toys as in let me just get my my needs satisfied and I'm just going to use you to do it. And that's unfair because people aren't objects. People aren't just there to be used for your immediate pleasure, right? You actually have to be careful about the way you treat people. And I know some people have used this narrative to suggest, okay, women just can't, they can't handle casual sex. Men shouldn't be able to handle oh, casual please, sex. Can you that's like, the actually problem. please be speaking about that one too? No, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's the a- problem because hmm. so many of... The conversations that I hear and the reason why people deter women oftentimes from like casual dating, casual hookups, casual sex, whether they are religious or not, is often women in their emotional capacities cannot actually handle having casual relationships. Instead of them to problematize, how did men, and a lot of people weaponize science and they're like, men just need to be coming all the time. Look at all these sperm cells and they just can't hold it in. Are you guys feral wolves? It's the testosterone. It's the testosterone. No, it's a lack of self-control and a society that has allowed boys to run wild. That's what that is. Hello, somebody. Right? Because hormones, we all got hormones. They may be different. They may be different, but we all have hormones, right? And so if we, if to create a, a society where the narrative is men can't control themselves, but women can't control their own emotions, mm. that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? Like mm-hmm. casual sex is not helpful for anybody. And that's why we have a culture of deception. Mm. Because if you tell men, oh, you guys can handle casual sex. This is how you sow your wild oats. This is how you, um, 
be a man, right? And we tell women, well, you guys can't handle this. How do the men persuade the women? Thank you. They lie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for listening to this infomercial <laughs> on men are liars. That's yeah, not even what I would say. I think we just have a culture which needs to start. In, and we, we all come from cultures to a degree. Mm-hmm, if you, mm-hmm. you know you relate to us on a regular basis, then we come from backgrounds which need to really start problematizing and picking at the way that they have raised their men oh, yeah. and the way that they have taught them taught men and taught women right. about sex and right. how it differs so much and yet they expect us to have sex with each other how can we come obviously this is you know heteronormative but how can we come together and have hello what a pun how can we <laughs> how can we <laughs> <laughs> sorry how, i hope we are all coming together but how can we actually come together how can we be in unity or this intimacy? is the 18 plus 18 plus episodes 17 <laughs> and, and a half but they probably know by now Hello, do you know what i mean but how how can we be in intimacy how can we even have intercourse when we both have two fundamental understandings yeah two different fundamental understandings of yeah. what sex intimacy and the even the biology of sex is mm, yeah mm, mm. almost courtney that was hook line and sinker for the people in the back there were so many points that you've touched on there that i was just like oh that resonates deeply <laughs> i think <laughs> and that part was great um i think what really does resonate for me is that whole line on deception mm. it we have created a culture where we've allowed men to run amok mm. and the proof of their manhood is almost in how much deceptive access they yeah. can get from women yeah and it's such a shame yeah. because you have all of these women like I love the fact that you're talking about the different fundamental understandings of sex and what sex is, yeah. you know, used for and meant to how it's meant to be experienced. Because on the one hand, you have women that think that they need to, in some ways, perform yeah. in order to get that ultimate glory of being wifey material yeah. or whatnot. And then you have men who are also exploiting that need from yeah. women to get that validation and yeah. that, you know, the need from women to be at that particular stage in order to satisfy their needs. And there you have like a, a not even like, a discipline issue sexual discipline and this is not to suggest that those who participate in hookup culture or who have you know casual sex or whatnot lack discipline because i think you can have casual sex and still have discipline. yes 100 percent. but there are some people out there that are engaging in extremely dangerous sexual escapades Mm Because they actually lack discipline. Mm. And that's actually indicative of a genuine, like, it might be a sex addiction. Addiction. um, addiction. It might be some kind of, like, um, deep trauma that you're allowing to manifest in, you know, needing proximity to people via sex. Mm. Whatever it is. And I love the fact that you also highlighted that this isn't a woman's issue. Mm -mm. This is a men's issue. And in fact, in society. Hello, if you want to take it further, (laughs) this is a society's issue around the messaging around sex and the messaging and the socialization of what sex is and what the function is. And I think what's also important to recognize is how much hookup culture is almost like a a means to display power. Mm -hmm. So even in the reclamation of women saying, I'm going to take, you know, my sex back, I'm going to have sex with who I want to ETC. It's not necessarily always about enjoyment. Sometimes it's actually about, you know what, I'm deciding to take complete control of my body i'm going to do what i want to do and i'm going to do what is antithetical to what society says i should do which is that i should hold the cookie i should be chaste pure all of that kind of stuff and i think it's so so interesting because 
Oftentimes, when the pendulum string, when the pendulum swings to the other extremity, you still end up getting burned. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's a lot of the, that's a perfect example of why we really need to be critical about our analysis and our fight against patriarch patriarchy as mm, a system. Mm, mm. Because I I see a lot of comments. Um, the rare occasions when I actually read the comments because my spirit is sensitive. <laughs> um, but yeah, I see a lot of comments about, oh, see, this is women not taking accountability. They're just going to blame the patriarchy. When we blame patriarchy, we're not just blaming men. And that's when I, I need you guys to have mm. more of a critical political and social lens when we ha- it comes to these kind of conversations because a lot of people think when you blame patriarchy, you're just blaming men as if when we don't recognize or we can't recognize that patriarchy is a system uphold, upheld by both men by both men and women, right? right? Patriarchy is a system that has been internalized and patriarchal standards and norms have been pa- internalized by all of us, right? Men and women and all people. When we are coming against patriarchy, we're not coming against men. We're coming against... Um, these systems, right? And these ways of thinking and these values and we're questioning them and we're flipping them on their head. However, in flipping them on their head, we have to really question what is our goal here, Mm -hmm. right? So in terms Mm -hmm. of even like being feminists or being womanists, whatever, um, or being people who believe in the equality of the sexes, when we think about our feminist pursuits, right? We have to actually be aware of our values and our desired outcomes. Because if we are having, you know, conversations about the problematic aspects of patriarchy our goal can't simply to be to be able to do what men do because Mm. we've identified that the Mm. power imbalance of patriarchy is not only beneficial for men but also a lot of the aspects are not beneficial for them and that's why you have to come from this kind of intersectional approach of really understanding just because men have been able to do it did that make sense? Yeah, said just, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, sorry. Yes. <laughs> just because men have been able to do it in the past and it seems like they have held power, it doesn't necessarily make it good. And it doesn't necessarily make it something that is helpful. And I think that's where a lot of us are deceived into thinking that because men have had power and they've been able to do this, that this is actually the optimal way that human be- beings should live. Mm-hmm. When actually, no. Like, it's like saying, and I often make these parallels between like gender and race Mm -hmm. right but i know there's you know there's intersectionality and stuff like that but roll with me in this analogy Mm -hmm. right it's the same way if you criticize racism or capitalism let's take it from a class angle as well if you criticize these two systems you're not just criticizing white people and you're not just criticizing rich people right but to a degree a lot of the aspects of what you're going to talk about will criticize those people because they benefit most from those systems however if you're trying to overthrow that system it's not just about turning the system upside down Mm -hmm. and allowing there to be a new imbalance of power just the opposite way it's about actually analyzing when it comes to race and when it comes to um problematizing whiteness right is having racial superiority even beneficial to society the answer is no and is having a system which exploits people for their work or for their money beneficial to society absolutely not so it's not just about us being able to do what you used to be able to do because Mm -hmm. now we want power it's actually about us making society better Mm. and if we're going to think about making society better now we all need to like we all need to start poking out our understanding of certain things which we all participate in in society including sex does that make sense that was the very long way around it but that's why i'm saying like for women it's not our aim shouldn't be to you know 
I'm going to sleep with as many, you know, people as possible to give a middle finger to the patriarchy. Is that actually benefiting us as a society? Probably not. Now, I know that's going to ruffle some people's feathers, feathers, and I'm not telling you what you have to do with your free will. However, I do think that to paint the image that us as women or them as men having wild casual sex with as many people as possible to show power is a fundamental problem. CDB, first of her name. Vote for me for president. Not prime minister. I was about to say we need a new prime minister. Not prime minister. We need a I don't new prime minister. If you've been Boris, tuning in, let Boris been tuning in to what's fight. going on in the United <laughs> Kingdom, let them fight. The kingdom is not united. I can tell you that <laughs> I for can free. tell you that for free. free. No, absolutely agree. It really did um, make me think of that quote by Audrey Lorde, which yeah. is, you cannot dismantle the, the master's, master's house with his tools. tools. You cannot. Because those tools were used to build the master's exactly. house. You have to... In order to see radical change, and I think it's difficult when your emotions and your experience, lived experience of oppression is involved in this, because ultimately the only way that you can see good is subversion or inversion, as opposed to we have to think of a new vision. And that's the only way you can see justice, right? Precisely. Yeah. I think that many of us see this, particularly women, we see this as an opportunity to punish as opposed to an opportunity to move towards a better future. Yeah. And I get it. And I think that's actually fair insofar as we've actually been through a lot, especially mm-hmm. as women, historically, across like the globe. Mm-hmm. There are so There's so much gender in, um, inequality and yeah. inequity that it makes sense that you would want justice by putting that middle finger up and saying, I'm going to be yeah, like yeah, you yeah. because yeah, you actually yeah, yeah, deserve yeah. it. And to a great extent, yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys really do. Yeah, the system yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. However, is it helpful in the long term yeah will this help us in the long term or is our goal simply to tear down without anything to replace because i'm a firm believer of you know like energy imbalances and stuff like that energy can neither be um created or destroyed it can only be transferred that means there can't be a vacuum if you dismantle this entire system have you defined what the system of freedom looks like Mm. that is different and separate to what was once there Mm. or is it simply just inverted you know Mm. like when you invert something on windows and Mm -hmm. it goes from like it goes from like normal color to like yeah, those weird yeah, colors. Yeah. It's the same picture, just different colors. Yeah. It, and in fact, it probably looks worse. Yeah. We need to be careful that our vision of freedom doesn't have, like, we have to be careful that our vision of freedom doesn't involve holding other people captive. Yes. Because I think we need to, we just need to be a lot more. Yeah. We need to be a lot more. What's the word? We need to be visionaries, man. I want more for women. I want more for women when it comes to um, just sex and their bodies Mm. and the way that they interact interact with men. And I think the funny thing is, whilst you can operate on your individual agency and be able to, you know, like hook up with whoever you like, Mm. there are still other variables that will contribute to your oppression, Mm. even in the exercising of your agency. So I think like, for example, yes, you're a woman, you're hooking up with people, but then I'm afraid because... I don't want to pathologize and please, I'm not trying to generalize that all men are like this, Mm. but 80% of violent crime are perpetrated by men Mm. thinking about, you know, who are most likely to be um, victims of sexual abuse, Mm. thinking about the genuine realities of different areas of the system that are plagued against women, Mm. even in you operating and enacting your agency in this particular like instance, there are still other parameters and still other manifestations of patriarchy that will make it unsafe for you to enact this vision of agency that you have. 
And that's scary. Right. Like I can, even when I'm thinking of like going on dates, for example, yeah. it's a thing where common practice between girls is texting the group chat. I'm going yeah, out with this yeah, guy because yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what, what I mean? Going out at night, for example, going to somebody else's house and stuff like that. It's actually unsafe for yeah. women. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I just think that if we are thinking about liberation for women if we're thinking about this vision for change it needs to go above and beyond and this is not to say that it doesn't already but it needs to continue to go above and beyond these individual enactments of agency and on a systemic level and in a community level how can we come together and think about okay what does good look like for women having sex what does good look like look like for women in relationships and how does this differ from us merely lording over the power over other people there we go there we go and also how does this how does this happen without us being the only ones who have to alter our behavior right because i think having that wider conversation allows you to really point at the fact that this cannot be one-sided it cannot be women deciding hey we're gonna have agency and men not also investigating their behavior and the way that they relate to women both on a greater societal level Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and on an individual level right i've been me and one of my friends keep having this conversation where he's talking about you know unfortunately he's somebody who listens to andrew tate's content uh yeah but you know love him to pieces hate that part of him so it very much is like Oh, you know, if if a woman knows that, you know, going out into the world is going to be dangerous, basically victim blaming or Mm. potential victim blaming, like, why would she do certain things? And it's like, why are you having this conversation with me? Why are we saying we live in this big, bad world, right, where people are dangerous and you know if if um, I had money in my wallet, why would I go out to an alleyway and let somebody rob me? Why is the issue you carrying your wallet? Surely we should want to live in a world and you can call this utopian, you can call this idealistic, whatever, oh. shut your mouth, I don't care. Oh. I think human beings just need to be good people and if they are not good people, we need to poke at making them better. I do think that having this conversation of like, why do you go out into this big bad world being vulnerable? Why can't I just be myself? And why don't you problematize the criminals? Why don't you talk to, try and, you know, change the mind of your boys who do the catcalling that make people uncomfortable? I... Why are you talking to me? And most of the conversations that you'll have with people like this or about this subject will be, well, my friends don't do it. Your friends do do it. They don't do it in front of you. And now. that's the problem. Like a lot of people think it's, they take a big societal issue and they make it about an individual interaction. And it's like, no, let's look at stats. Let's look at um, overall mindsets and opinions. Um, What am I trying to say? And approaches Mm. to certain situations. And why is it that a lot of your female friends and a lot of the women who you may know in your life have so many stories of being hypersexualized or being made to feel uncomfortable being assaulted to varying degrees and yet your boys don't do that you know who's doing it then it cannot we cannot all be being touched by freddy krueger like it's, you can't blame one it's not one person she it's a, it's a dreams, vast number of people in your dreams. Um, and that's not to say you know we want to criminalize a certain group of people or something but i do think we need to sit down with realities of as communities as different you know groups and subcultures have we had enough conversation openly about our sexual culture mm-hmm. and who it benefits and who right. it protects right and who where is the onus being placed i love that you brought up that where I is the onus lo- being I, placed? and you know why i love that you brought that up 
CDV first off her name. That's me. Because I am sick and tired of the onus being placed on women yeah. to have these deep transformations yeah, exactly. in order to forward society. Yeah, 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 so when yeah, it comes yeah. to, you know, oh, the families are breaking down, women need to close their legs. When it comes to, um, you know, rape is becoming an issue, women, women need, need to, to close their legs. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just like, And yet the, the overwhelming now? toot 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 is women don't take accountability. Shocker. Shocker. And I get people will be like, no, but society has gone. Men are even scared to compliment women now. Be scared. Be scared. I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't say be be scared, but I would say it's good that you're having to question the way that society coached you to relate to women. Right. I think it's actually good to even be in a place of small discomfort. It doesn't mean you should stay there, but at least taking a step back and a sit down and being like okay cool is the way that I interact with women actually making them feel uncomfortable right and maybe in that moment because I think people it's the same thing with race you highlight a systemic issue and then people feel personally attacked into thinking they are a bad person exactly. and it's like no 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 no. we know that you you probably didn't do this with malicious intent right. but it's probably because you weren't viewing it from the lens of how it could be harmful now that you have that lens and you inspect your past behavior you may actually be able to problematize what you did but it doesn't make you at your core a bad person Mm. because people can continually evolve especially the with new information that they have become privy to Mm. and so the more conversation that you have listening to this listening to other people who talk about sex Mm -hmm. and liberation Mm -hmm. and consent and all these other amazing conversations that are going to make um society have a better relationship with said sex the more you listen to those things the more you're able to investigate your behaviors and i think it's actually as uncomfortable as it may make you feel in the moment in the long run it actually makes you a better person and so even for us as women even if we sit down and we think actually I do have a dysfunctional relationship with sex whatever way that looks Mm. having time to actually have conversations in communities where you feel safe to be able to talk about sex to be able to get a better understanding of sex and healthy view of sex actually makes you better as much as in the moment it is uncomfortable oh dear Blessed is the lamb. It is necessary. Yeah. Maybe we have a, again, utopian view of the world in that we actually want people to be better. Yeah. This is the To My Sisters podcast. It's yeah. conversations to my sisters <laughs> because we want you to do and grow. It's part of the, it's part of the, you know. In case you forgot the brand. in case you forgot. Even the brothers that are listening because yeah. we know that you're there undercover. Yeah. It's because we want you to grow and grow. Yeah. And we, we see a vision of a future where people can actually interact with each other in safe conditions, yeah. safe environments, and have a mutual understanding of, you know, their value systems Facts. and how they're going to proceed. I think um, one of the issues that you highlighted just even briefly, this whole idea of consent, right? Mm. And not just consensual sex, but also consent around how you engage in relationships. Mm. I think we under, like, underestimate and rather, like, under-highlight how necessary it is that you get consent from the other person that you're mm. dealing with when mm. it comes to hooking up or yeah, having sex. Yeah. Even this whole notion, at least for me, I find it even uncomfortable to equate sex to hooking up because mm. it really does take away from the intimacy. At mm. least for me, mm. it takes away from the intimacy of sex. It takes away from the fact that this is not something that is necessarily meant to be engaged with yeah. lightly yeah. or on a one-time, one-off thing. Yeah. You know, It's not necessarily meant to be a one-night stand, in my yeah. opinion. And I think that the tendency to, you know, glorify things like hook, hook up culture is we get to 
you know, facilitate instant gratification yeah. and run away from the consequences. Yeah. And again, thinking about, you know, the consequences of having sex with people. I think sometimes we underestimate yeah. that this is a real decision yeah. to give somebody or to participate with somebody in a very deep physical practice that has consequences. If you're not using, you know, birth control or you don't have access to those kind of um, privileges, because for a lot of people, that's a privilege. Yeah. Just to even have access to things like yeah. birth control. Yeah. If you're engaging in hookup culture without, you know, condoms, femidoms, you, you all of put yourself at risk, especially if you are under any sort of pretense that this is going to be some kind of long-term engagement, mm -hmm. especially on the part of mm -hmm. women. We put ourselves at a disadvantage because we are, as much as I hate to say it, we are often the folks that will have to deal with those long-term consequences first because of the biological reality of yeah. giving birth and yeah. having, you know, conceiving a child. And just thinking about the way that society has socialized us, that the onus is often on Problems, the woman yeah. to take care of children. Yeah. The very real reality that, you know, having a child is something that could be a reality from yeah. having sex. The very yeah. real reality of contending again with sexually transmitted infections. The very mm -hmm. real reality of dealing with the emotional um, damage that can come yeah. on both sides, not just women, yeah. but for, for men as well. Yeah. When you are not in a place where you can comfortably and carefully engage in safe safe casual sex yeah. and i think that can't be understated and i think sometimes we trick ourselves into believing that we can handle it yeah. because we want to harm or injure yeah. or maim because that's what's happened to us yeah how often have we seen broken people re-perpetuating broken cycles because they want to get their opportunity to get one over on 100%. someone else even when you hear like a lot like even when i hear a lot of conversations around like hooking up and casual dating and casual sex it's never necessarily or for the majority of the folks that i've interacted with or seen it's very much a you know well we just want to you know have fun and all that kind of stuff or we just want to um have that instant gratification but for the ones that are like being deceptive the yeah. ones that are intentionally misleading either men or women it's always a power play yeah. it's always trying to run from the consequences yeah. it's always trying to run from the real deep psychological issues that you probably have yeah. concerning sex and yeah. intimacy and even that divorcing of sex and intimacy is truly serious Whoa, problem. not somebody <laughs> reading my brain oh it's my gosh no literally i was thinking because like in order to successfully do that, because I was thinking like in all the lists that you gave, some people will be like, but I've, you know, I may want to have casual sex and may do all the safe things, which I, we are big believers, have safe sex, know your Please. options. Please, we beg of Please. you, have safe sex, sisters. Get those orgasms in, just make sure that you are safe, yeah. right? But even if you are having a good time, right? you will have to really do your best in order to just rough, you know, reduce sex to a physical climax. You have to really divorce sex from intimacy. Right, exactly. And you know why that's so hard? Because your body is wired. And I mean wired to associate the two. I don't think anyone can actually argue that our bodies do not perceive sex as a way not just as women, but as people, as a way to bond ourselves to somebody, um. right? Our hormones, our neuro pathways, when we have, you know, sexual climaxes or just sexual experiences in general, we literally bond to a person. Are you telling me that somebody is all up in your vagina and you felt nothing beyond, oh, that was nice. Go home. What? All up in your You grill. can block that, but again, it's active work to do so. Um, and that's not just women. I think people need to emphasize the fact that actually for a lot of us, that intimacy 
it's something that manifests in us very different ways, right? It's very hard to forget unless you're actually blocking yourself from remembering because you know and that's an unhealthy practice so it, it really comes down to if you are going to divorce sex from intimacy that's a lot of work you're going to have to do to sever that tie Look, and um, even then i think a lot of you are feeling yourselves because you know there's thinking, that guy that has the good deed that you're going back to you have a bond a lot of, don't want to a lot <laughs> of women are deceiving themselves and a lot of men as well are <laughs> deceiving themselves into thinking they are sexually mature oh, enough to please, sub- divorce sex out, from any kind of emotion leave it leave it out mate it's okay it's always oh i'm i've just gotten to this heightened sense of awareness that i can sleep with people and and you know what there's actually people that are yeah yeah the able. majority of are you not able majority are not able. i would argue 100 percent. and some people will be like okay well you know guys do it all the time do you know how many men are jealous when they see and that's have a, you seen that's the what t- i mean no, the intimacy the thing, it become it manifests Fam, differently if you even have a work husband they'll be looking at you like a lot um, of people my, it my manifests as jealousy it manifests as possessiveness ours may manifest as neediness it all comes down to socialization mm-hmm. but it will manifest some way so really and truly Sex, oh, in my opinion, lie. Lie. you could disagree, but I don't care, <laughs> cannot be divorced from intimacy, right? Um, and it, intimacy provokes us to do and display certain things, mm. which can be extremely powerful or extremely powerful 100%. in the negative sense. 100%. Ooh, child, there's a lot to unpack here in the hookup cultures. I be, I be, I be. God bless you all. Sisters, please hallelujah. go to your local sex clinic, please, GP. Please, um, please, please, have please. conversations with your parents. Have conversations with your older Ooh, sisters. Find your mentors. No, but I think we need to start talking oh, to 100%. our parents. And our pa- in fact, our parents need to start talking to us. This is the end. Hello. About sex. This is the... Um, and beyond the whole don't get Don't do it. Yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. yeah. No, no, no. I need all of us to start having conversations about sex. because, And it's something that I said on Wednesday at 11 05 p.m. If you tune into Channel 4 Come online, on your girl's gonna be go, on there talking about go, pornography. Let's go, okay. Let's go. Hello, Hello, shout out to ZZ and Yinka. Go, yeah, I'm gonna be on C4's Unapologetic. Oh God, um <laughs> I'm not, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we can cosplay. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna be on there talking about sex. And there's something that I actually said on the show, which was a lot of times people see pornography or casual sex or all these things as a way for women to have a healthier relationship with sex because they get to explore their sexuality outside of men. Mm. And I do think that that argument shows what we desire as women and what we actually should desire, which is to have a healthy relationship with sex and our sexuality. However, I think we completely deceive ourselves to think that running to something like pornography or casual sex does that for us. And that's all it does. But it actually exposes us to many different things. You know, a broken clock is right twice in a day. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But the rest of the time it's wrong. Wrong as heck. You know? So I actually think a healthier way for us to get to explore our sexuality and to to have a healthier relationship with sex is even even if this is a small suggestion, to just have conversations about sex without shame. Even whether you are a virgin, whether you are well experienced, whether you have, you know, struggles talking about sex, whatever, just allowing ourselves to feel 
shameless about actually having conversations, asking questions um, and getting to know what sex is, what our body's do- body does, what our body is capable of by just talking to people in our lives who absolutely. don't make us feel awkward about oh, talking about absolutely. sex. I think that would bring a whole bunch of sexual liberation that also doesn't hurt us in the process. Beautiful. Yeah. I can't. And this is why you should tune into the Two My Sisters Podcast. community and the podcast if you haven't already. If you're listening to this for the first time, you know, like, also cool. Yeah. If you're listening to this for the first time just and you've decided up. to just, just acknowledge Two My Sisters as your chosen community. Yeah. Um, please send, like us, to, send us an email. We yeah. would like to get to. We would like to get to know <laughs> you. Like to get to like to know. Welcome you to the family. <laughs> oh that is so funny we would like to get you connected Conne- yes we yeah, yeah we'd so like to get, get you connected, connected. We, we have a sensible sisterhood <laughs> here um but no importantly obviously look these are all of our opinions our yeah. thoughts towards the um com- the conversation because that's what this is it's a conversation yeah. within community we want to create these safe spaces where women feel empowered to share their thoughts in a safe and respectful way if you are currently engaging in casual dating or casual sex or any kind of hookups the best that we can leave you with is make sure that you're having safe sex. Yeah. Make sure you're getting those, you know, those gyno checks in. Make sure that you are using birth control if you are not ready to be a parent mm. in any time soon. Um, or having some form of, you know, contraception, some yeah. form of contraception. Um, and most importantly, make sure that you are having transparent conversations with the people that you are engaging with, especially sexually. We cannot, uh, like, it can't be understated enough. Please engage in those conversations. Make sure that you are having integral conversations. Yeah. Make sure that you are being honest mm-hmm. and make sure that you are sticking to your values. Be consistent. Be consistent. But sisters, we're going to release you out into the wild now. We love you. We love you very, very and much. And no judgment at no, all. No judgment, no judgment here. At all. No judgment here. Please, not even in the comments because some of you. Oh, hello. Some of you. Hello. Don't do it. Don't we do know it. you have opinions. Don't do it respectful and state that it's an opinion there we go one day we're going to talk about debating just talking <laughs> you know no, no just d- debating because you can disagree respectfully mm. um but no sisters we love you very much we want we the do. best for you we want you to be in fulfilling relationships whatever that looks like and is however you define it um and we send you off into your week with nothing but blessings good vibes lots and lots of love and affection and um, this doesn't have to be the end of your in- communication. <laughs> We're here to my sisters at all throughout the week. We are live and direct across socials. We are popping literally all everywhere. On the world wide web. YouTube. If you're watching this and you are not subscribed, or if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, make sure you follow us. Rate us five star. You already know the, the deal. Anything below five at this point, send us an it's email. An We've got we j- so, not even the four. It's a feedback. So, hello. So We're do out- it. Don't do it. Um, That is not an opinion. That is a fact. (laughs) You are not allowed to do it. So please, please, please follow us on all platforms. Mm. Subscribe to us here on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on Instagram as well. The family's getting big over there too. Follow us on TikTok, on LinkedIn as well. We are all about supporting the sisters of the workplace too. So make sure you follow us there. Uh, Wait a minute. Talking about LinkedIn. Sorry, this needs to go. Editing Courtney, put this in the announcements, (laughs) um, housekeeping. (laughs) 
Renee just recently <laughs> announced that she is a part of the Leaks in Creators program. Can somebody hello, say hello, a woo woo? Give us a woo woo. There we go. <laughs> Renee is one of the LinkedIn creators, first of its kind here in the UK, I'm and she yelling. is one of them. She's going to be creating amazing content on LinkedIn for you. So if you have not followed Miss Renee Kapuku on LinkedIn yet, yeah, I don't know for your professional career. <laughs> I don't. So <laughs> go and give her a follow. Go and give her a congratulations. Go and engage with every single one of her posts for the next six weeks. Six weeks. Six but it's weeks about to be a lifetime, baby. You better there just, we go. You better just, please, just, please, just please. Up. Go and support our good sis over on LinkedIn. Oh, Thank you. Stop. I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm crying. <laughs> but yes, yes, yes. I will be sharing lots of hopefully insightful yeah, content sure. around gender equity, yeah. women in entrepreneurship, oh, wow. and of course, community building. So make sure you follow. <laughs> I'm shy. <laughs> Go and follow Renee Kapuku on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, you will see yeah. my face literally you like were this. Literally like that. Um, so yeah, stay tuned with all of those updates. Amazing. And of course, follow us on Instagram. Yes. And to be honest, all of our socials. All our socials, man. Hit us up. We're we're around. We really and we're about are. to be around. For real, for real. At Renee Kapuku, at CD Boati. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel too. As you should. Fantastic for amazing content and conversation. Um what else is there mailing list. mailing list make sure that you sign up to the to my sisters mailing list all right to my sisters.com just simply type in your email and you'll get weekly glow and grow tips straight to your inbox as well as exclusive perks like early That's access so to events good. and other things that are coming forth to you sisters we pray that you have an amazing week we hope that this has been an insightful conversation <laughs> so we will talk to you very very soon and as always keep glowing and growing Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 